1: This is Performance Anxiety, part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Mark. And in an unusual turn of events, this episode features something a little different. I have 80% of the band Carver Commodore on the show. So that's lead singer and guitarist Peyton Pruitt, lead guitarist Philip Blevins, multi-instrumentalist Clayton Christopher, and bassist David Smith Jr. We'll give drummer Noah Freeman a pass due to having a baby and everything. So we immediately start off with tough questions. Roll Tide or War Eagle. After a tense moment or two, we relax and discuss how this five piece band from all over the state of Alabama got together. They're on stage near misses, one of the guys rescues a truck in the middle of the episode, and I find out who Carver Commodore is, or was, or was supposed to be. The band's got a great sound that is always evolving, but always recognizable as Carver Commodore. The band and I have their friends Monsoon to thank for all of this, which makes this one of my favorite kinds of episodes. the a referral of sorts. So these guys have new music in the works as well as touring. So get out there, see the shows, buy the music, spread the word about Carver Commodore. Follow them on social media. They're pretty easy to find. And you can follow us at Performance Annex on Twitter and Instagram. Feel free to reach out there or email us at the pod at gmail.com. You can help the show out with a cup of coffee at ko-fi.com slash performance anxiety, or you can buy stuff with our logo at performanceanx.threadless.com. Now open your ears for the new sounds of Southern rock with Carver Commodore on Performance Anxiety, part of the Pantheon Podcast Network.
2: All right. Uh, I can start. All right. Uh, My name name is Peyton, and this is Performance Anxiety, uh, the podcast, and I'm going to promote Carver Commodore, the worst disco band in the world, um, but the best Southern disco band in the world. (laughs) Ooh, (laughs) love it!
1: All right, who's up next?
3: I'm Philip. I am uh, promoting. Well, let's see. I'm Philip. This is Performance Anxiety Podcast. Excited to be here. This week, I'm promoting coffee. I'm a beanag. Got a minute? I just left a coffee shop.
0: Mm. I need help. <laughs> help. Beano. I love it. Yep. <laughs> I'll David? go. am short and sweet. How about that? Because I don't know what to promote on here, so I'll just say. I play bass guitar in Carver Commodore, and you are listening to Performance Anxiety. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my plug. Wow. That was beautiful, David. Thank you. My
4: name is Clayton. I play keys and guitar in the band Carver Commodore. And I'm gonna promote the chicken parmesan. I'm gonna be cooking for dinner tonight. Ooh. Oh,
0: Mount that's really, really getting crazy. Really getting yeah. crazy tonight. Y'all. I can get behind that, <laughs> man. You right. know what? I'm gonna. I have a good promotion. I'm gonna promote Valley Fellowship Christian Academy's basketball team because I'm about to go to their basketball game after this. Wow!
2: Yeah, excellent. That's where. That's All where.
0: Right. Works, isn't it? Well, that's where my wife.
1: Well, the season might be over by the time this comes out, so we'll see.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Next year, they'll they'll feel it. How's it going? It's going well. How are you?
1: Good, good. I'm going to ask one time Roll Tide or War Eagle?
0: Oh, man. That's a. a, Well, you're a Roll Tide. I see that. (laughs) You've got everything. I'm going to say Roll Tide. (laughs) All right. What's that for us? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere between, the, between the, hook, the hat and the mug, I, 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 I felt the tide come in. I didn't. Uh, you
1: didn't see my uh, football with Chris Samuel's, Freddie Millens, and Sean Alexander's autographs on it.
0: No, I didn't.
1: That I'm going to take this hat off because it doesn't really fit with these headphones. <laughs> uh. <laughs> there we, there you. But I actually do wear this every nice. day. So my brother graduated in '99, so okay. I didn't, I didn't go. Uh, I went to a, a school for photography, and they didn't have a whole lot of sports there, so I just adopted his team. So there
2: you go. Roll no man. So
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I have no idea how many people are joining in on this one. So um, if you.
3: <laughs> So, yeah, we're missing Noah tonight. He's got more, the baby. He so, okay. got a baby. Yeah, oh.
0: yeah.
1: All right. Well, guys, I thank you so much for coming on. This is it's not often I get uh 75 or 80% of a band on. It's, hey, uh, it's usually yeah. just one person. So this is awesome.
0: We love it. Any love excuse me. to hang out together we will take yeah, we never separate ever.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, the one thing that I will mention is that if more than one of you guys talks over each other, it cuts one of you out. So just be mindful of that, because otherwise, I get weird, disjointed conversations, and it's it's, it's a weird edit that I got to do. So, so. But that being said, basically every question is going to be to each of you know whoever wants to answer it. Just kind of kind of throw it up except for the first one. I, I wonder how each of you guys got into music in the first place. Was it something that was in the house a lot when you were growing up or was it, is it something that's new to you? Cause I've heard it every, just about every single way on this podcast. Well, I'll, I'll throw somebody out there. Um, Clayton, let's, let's start with you. How did, how did you get into this whole thing?
4: So I started playing guitar when I was 10, took lessons for a few years. I was a big Drake and Josh fan which may not be a good thing now, but uh, I thought Drake was the coolest dude ever. And I was like, I gotta, I gotta learn how to play guitar. I gotta be like this guy. So started learning guitar at 10 and then picked up a few other instruments along the way. And then always knew from the beginning, I wanted to be in a group, some sort of band, you know, play with other people. I didn't have the the voice to be a solo artist, nor did I want to do it by myself because I enjoyed Play music with my friends. So that's, uh, that's kind of what got me into music. All right.
0: David, what what about you? Oh, sorry. My phones. All right. There we go. Um, yeah, no, I grew up, my dad was massively influential on me. Uh, he was a singer and, um, artist in general and was in some bands and stuff. And you know, he just got me and my sister and brother really into like hair metal and like eighties rock and stuff. That was kind of what we grew up on. And then, um, yeah. And then, and then once, uh, I got a little bit older, there was a show on MTV, um, that this band called cartel did. And it was Dr. Pepper presents band in the bubble with cartel and it was on MTV and it was just them like on a pier in New York and they had to write an album. They couldn't leave the bubble. They had to write an album. Oh and I watched, gosh. I saw an episode of this show and I faked sick from school one day because they were doing a marathon of the whole show. So I faked sick so that I could stay home and watch the whole show in its entirety on MTV. And after that, I was probably like 12 at that point. And then after that, I just wanted to be in a band so bad because it looked like so they were having so much fun together, oh, like wow. stuck in this bubble, writing an album. So then I ended up, my cousin lived with us at the time. And I ended up stealing his guitar whenever he was out of the house and learned how to play on his guitar. And oh, nice. you know, the rest just you know, meant to be.
1: And now now you know it's better about being stuck in a bubble with a whole bunch of other dudes trying to write an album.
0: It looked more glamorous on the on the show than, you
1: know,
0: <laughs> at, hours at a time and stuff like that. But I still love it, honestly. All um,
2: right. That's one of the best parts of being in a band for sure.
0: All
1: right, Peyton, what about you, man?
2: So I grew up listening to all kind of different music. My dad was more of like the classic rock guy. I live and grew up in Muscle Shoals, which is like got its own music history and stuff. I so
1: just watched that documentary
2: yeah, today. Dude, yeah, it's a great documentary. And he kind of taught me that history and stuff growing up. And then my mom listened to like more pop radio and rap and, and stuff. So kind of got the country and rock stuff for my dad and the the pop and, and hip hop stuff for my mom. And then when I was like 12, I started playing guitar because a friend of mine at school started playing guitar and it was just something to do. And I was like, we were kind of like competing a little bit. Okay. And so just just something to do, started learning ACDC songs and I loved it and I kept doing it and he kind of gave it up after a while and the rest is <laughs> is history, I guess. I started writing songs when I was like 16. And oh, wow. um, yeah, I just out of, out of necessity because I wanted to be in bands and there was a, I went to a really small school and lived in the country. So it was kind of like I had to write the songs and I had to be the singer because nobody else would do it. So I started doing that when I was like 16 and they were really bad and <laughs> they're still really bad for the most part.
1: <laughs> well, I think a few people would disagree, uh, especially a guy <laughs> named bra moment who on one of your YouTube posts says, I love most of your music. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of my first, that was one of my favorite YouTube posts ever. I love most of your that's, music. That's all we can ever hope for yeah. is that somebody
4: <laughs> likes most of our music. Yep. All right. If, or I- any of it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, I've got a great sponsor that I want to talk to you about. For a long time, I wondered if CBD was something that might benefit me, but I had no idea how to find out. I didn't know what products were available, what companies were reputable, and really even what questions to ask to get the answers I needed. That's why I'm so glad I found Pure Spectrum CBD. They helped me discover what CBD could do for me. They were awesome at determining what my needs were, and they help me find a starting point. I've started with the tincture and the isolate, but there's also gummies, topicals, mints, and a lot more. Pure Spectrum not only has CBD products for wellness, they also have them for fitness and recovery. There's even CBD for your pets. The website has a ton of information, and chat options are available. And all their products are third-party tested, and the results are available right on their website. So go to PureSpectrumCBD.com to do your own research, and when you check out. Use code ANX for 15% off your order. Check them out on Instagram at PureSpectrumHemp and subscribe to their email list for sales, new products, and updates. Pure Spectrum refined phytocannabinoid wellness products for all lifestyles. All right, Phil, what about you? And how, how did you get into the whole thing?
3: I want to give you all a quick backstory of what's happening here right now. So, <laughs> like I said, I just left a coffee shop, right? I right. got nice. our friend Nate here. Nate has done... Here, let me flip the camera around and touring with us he was leaving and his truck died so he's oh. in my car and there's a little on the window and he's like you gotta help me push my truck into the parking <laughs> space so i'm out here hanging out in the parking lot with nate but awesome i heard most of that backstory i think that honestly peyton and i have a pretty similar background when it comes to music you know i, I grew up outside of the city limits a little bit and my brother and I started playing guitar at the same time. I was 11. We both got acoustic guitars. Took lessons for a little bit. Just really loved classic rock, and you know, Stairway was like the third song I learned. Oh my god! I would say that like most of my background came from church music. Starting out, our uh, former worship leader taught me how to play guitar. Took about you know three or four months of lessons there, and from there, just kind of started to teach myself guitar tabs got an electric guitar for christmas that year and then it was just you know game over after that point so it was all about meeting other players and forming bands and have little jams and garage sessions and stuff so i formed a family band in middle school called alice and thunderland Uh, it's a wild time (laughs) we played like classic rock songs and stuff and uh just learned a lot through that and yeah had a blast so i mean very much just kind of your your classic just guitar player that wants to rock and roll. That's that's my um, upbringing with music right there.
1: And so are you all from like the uh, Florence Muscle Shoals
2: area? So I'm actually the only one that's from here and that lives here currently. OK. Um, yeah. The rest of the guys live all over the rest of the state of Alabama. You want to tell them where y'all live, boys?
0: Yeah, I yeah live I'm in... from. Uh... Go ahead, David. Beach you. I'm from Huntsville, Alabama. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm from Gadsden, Alabama.
1: Oh, very familiar with Gadsden. Mm.
3: (laughs) I'm from Birmingham. And um, I met Peyton in Florence. What was it, like 2011? Somewhere around there. We kicked it off pretty well and started playing music together since then. So that's kind of where a lot of the origin story starts to take place as far as Carver is concerned. Okay. Um, Yeah, another kind of circling back to family. He used to play with my cousin, Abby, a lot. And, um, they connected us and we started a folk rock band when that was like the big thing, you know, in 2011. And yeah, from there, just kind of wanted to rock and roll. And I think that's where, where Carver really started to take shape after that. So
1: is that the Abbey that you guys recorded with?
3: It's not, that oh, okay. was, you're talking about this, the fantasy song. Yeah. Yes. So that is, that is a different Abbey. Okay. Um, Abby hood is my cousin. Yeah. She, she's a fantastic singer, but. Abby Holliday is who you're thinking of. That yes. we featured on uh, fantasy okay. earlier this year. She's an incredible solo artist. Yeah, it's an amazing great song. song.
1: Yes. When I lived in in Alabama, I was on the exact opposite side of the state from from uh, Hayden. I I was down by Dothan. So. okay. so I was like way down south, right off of the uh, Fort Rucker gate, right in Daleville. Oh, wow. So I'm a (laughs) a little familiar with some of some of the landmarks you guys might might throw out there. So. So how did you guys come up with the name Carver Commodore? And what came first, the song or the band name?
2: Uh, so the band name came first. Before we move on, though, we gotta give a shout out to Noah. Yes. And tell his his quick history. Sure. Noah's from Gadsden as well. Uh, Can you do an impression? Uh, no, I can't. I'll just say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's uh, <laughs> my <want> Noah impression. <laughs> Noah is from Gadsden. He oh, uh, started playing drums when he was what, like fifteen, maybe fourteen. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. um, started playing drums in hardcore bands, I think, and then started wow. doing vocals in no, hardcore no, no. bands. Yeah, not playing drums, drums at vocals. Church. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
2: Yeah, started, started playing in hardcore bands, doing vocal stuff, screaming and everything. And then, um, I think it, somewhere along the way, somebody needed a drummer, so he started playing drums. Oh, my and gosh. we kind of all grew up listening to the same, the same like music and stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of the same influences for him as us. But, anyways, Carver Commodore was a family name, it was my great great uncle's name, and uh, I just I'd kind of heard the story my whole life that I was supposed to be named Carver Commodore, but my parents decided not to because it was like bad luck or something. Oh, And I never really, I never really asked about that, but I was like, okay, whatever. And then when we were looking for a band name, they were talking about the story at a family get together or whatever. And I I asked a few more questions and it turned out that he was like around in the fifties. And then he, um, one day, said that he saw like this orb of light come down from the sky and tell him that he was going to die in like three days. So he got all his stuff in order, you know, like got all his affairs in order. And then three days later he got hit by a car, like while he's walking down the road. So whoa, that's the story of Carver Commodore Pruitt. And then we decided to name the band that just because we thought it was unique and nobody else is going to have that band name.
0: That's, uh, for but sure. that's
2: kind of, it's kind of backfired because nobody can like, spell <laughs> or say the name most of the time. So <laughs> or remember now. Yeah. Or remember now we have all the bad luck. Yeah. It, yeah. So different
1: ways. it, it continues.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Probably a bad move on my part. <laughs> whatever. So stuck with it now.
1: So how did I, I heard how a couple of you guys met? How did the band all come together as a whole then?
2: Yeah. So as Phil was saying, we kind of met and, 2011, 2012, started playing together, and then we played together for a few years as the Bear and the Bride, which is like our folk rock band. 2016 we had moved like we had like six members in that band we had all kind of swapped places like i moved from to nashville for a while then when i moved back a lot of the other band members moved to nashville so uh it just kind of naturally fell apart and we weren't a band anymore so we decided to do something closer to what we have been wanting to do the whole time. Anyways, was just, just be a rock and roll band. Okay. So we decided to do that. We kept that name for a while, had some other guys come in and play drums and bass and played a few shows and all that kind of thing. And then late 2016 or 2017, we decided on the name Carver Commodore. And then me and Phil were the, were the main two members. And then uh, we met Noah somewhere around 2014 or 15 started playing with his other band and then just kind of slowly started stealing members from all these bands and all these places <laughs> and and so noah started playing with us in 2018 uh he, he became our our drummer and then clayton started playing with us in 2020 david in 2021 so we finally okay. rounded out the full lineup now
1: we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors So how often are you guys, well, I mean, when you started off compared to now, have you increased the amount that you guys are playing out? Was this always something that you wanted to, to do like full time or was this kind of like a, uh, a side thing for a while or.
3: Bill, you want to answer that? Yeah, I think we've always agreed on that. Um, with how much we like to play live and thinks that at least people really enjoy our shows, <laughs> the touring aspect of Carver Commodore is maybe one of the most important things in 2019 or so, like right before the pandemic, we played a good bit of shows, but in 2021, I think we played like 80 or something like that. Like it was, it was more than we've ever had. And, um, a little bit less this year, but that was intentional. We like kind of, were a little bit more picky, um, with what we took, had a little bit more intention and, um, you know, I I think that we all really want to to continue to grow in the in the live sense. And one of our biggest goals right now is to you know not only continue to do good headlining shows, but also go out and support one of our favorite artists on tour. We've gotten to do a few one off dates here and there with some bands that we really like, like Coin. We did that earlier this year. They're they're a great indie pop band. But you know, we really want to hit the road with someone that's compatible and uh, we could share the stage with and help elevate them, but also expose us to a new audience that um, hopefully is also compatible with us. So, you know, I say like live shows is, is definitely still a, a very important slice of the pie, especially mm-hmm. in rock music, you know, where there's a lot of energy and special moments that can not be contained within a record. Uh, and we try to get those things across through recorded music, but there's just something about, seen a band lives that is irreplaceable. So it definitely something we want to continue to develop. And uh, I think holds a special place in all of our hearts, you know, is definitely it, a big desire for course.
1: Is it tough to get everybody together since you guys are kind of spread out throughout the, like, the Northern part of the state? Mm-hmm. Is it, is it tough to, to do scheduling and, and get everybody together for practices and, and, and touring?
3: Yeah, it can be. Yeah. Um, the idea is that, we're all rehearsed and, you know, hopefully we show up and know our stuff when we leave. But, you know, with the, the quick kind of weekend bursts of shows or week bursts of shows that we do, uh, we usually get together and, you know, do a quick rehearsal before we leave and run through some stuff if we got the time and, uh, you know, feel pretty pretty confident about jumping in, try to be pro about it. Um, it. You know, we do have to be careful about how we plan that out. You know, we, we do want to allow time for rehearsal and stuff like that. Oh, so. Yeah but yeah, we're all basically two hours apart from each other. Yeah. Um, Yeah. With the exception of Clayton and Noah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Is there a a primary songwriter in the band or does everybody chip in?
2: Uh, Now? So, so far it's definitely been uh, me as the primary songwriter Uh, on this last record we have, or or this last project that we just recorded. uh, We tried just more collaboration in that, especially, in the studio, because before it's it was kind of like I wrote all the songs, and, and the way I write songs usually is like by fully demoing them out, kind of okay. what whatever I'm hearing in my head, I'll, I'll demo it out on Logic or GarageBand or whatever, and so it'll come out as like a fully finished but like rough song, you know, and then I'll send it to everybody and see what they think, and we'll make changes from there, or whatever. But on this most recent project, we tried to collaborate a bit more in the studio of like, uh, be open to changes and everybody playing their own part for the first time because, uh, we didn't have David when we had recorded our last record or the record before that. And, um, you know, just because of work schedules and stuff, I had recorded a lot of guitar on the records in the past and stuff. So, so yeah, on this, on this last record, we tried to be as collaborative as possible. And in the future, I want to do that too with the songwriting portion of it as well.
1: Okay, so so when you mean the, the last record is that "Welcome to the Modern World" or the uh, the new e- the latest EP, or is it something uh, that's not out yet?
2: Something that's not out yet. Yeah, okay. I keep calling it a record, but I'm <laughs> lying. It's not a record <laughs> not yet.
1: When the band initially got together, and I guess painting this one's more mostly for you. How quickly were you writing your own material? Is that something that you had had been? doing since your your previous band and was that music that you'd already had together or were you writing fresh for carver commodore f- from the beginning
2: yeah so i had written there was there was one song that was kind of left over from the bear and the broad stuff stars and galaxies so that's the first song we ever put out uh, as carver commodore if I could. That's and I wrote song. that song. Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate that. And I wrote that song in like 2014 or something. Like it was it was a long time ago, maybe even 2013. <laughs> and it was totally different when I first wrote it, totally different with The Bear and the Bride, that band that we put it out with the first time. But I knew when we started this band that I wanted to keep that song and do like a different version of it. So we kind of reworked it and put that out. And then I think at, at some point I'd also written Blind...
3: I try my best not to notice you is taking your time But in my head I'd assume you never
2: Record and then, like active aggression or something like that, was probably I, in man. The, in those are the too my favorites
1: period. off that off that, yeah, thanks, that sure. Those are, I, and I wanted to mention this to you at, at one point because that album is so unique to me because it kind of sounds and and I hope this comes out the right way. It kind of sounds like if the Strokes wrote the music, but the Fame Gang played the songs.
2: I'm I'm
1: down with that. That's awesome. That's a that's a great comparison. I'll take it. So oh good because <laughs> I'm, I'm always hesitant to compare bands to other bands because you know everybody wants to it's, you know sounds unique and it's I don't oh I hate that band so I just I'm <laughs> always nervous yeah. about that. Oh, but yeah. it's such a cool sound because it's got that sharp writing but the it's, it does have that su- a southern sound to it that's Muscle Shoals made famous. So I I think it's two worlds that I don't. I can't think of another band that's put those two worlds together.
2: Thanks, man. I appreciate that. We can't really escape the Southern thing, at least <laughs> I can't, so. And I'll uh, tell you, what, I love I'm K. trying to embrace it at this point. I love K. Oh, you love K?
1: I just wish it was longer, because it kind of sounds yeah. like it's like an, like an inside <laughs> joke within the band. Yeah. I don't know what that joke is. I want to know more about it.
2: So, yeah. It's like so was song. Thank you. That was, um, when I was writing Thumbs Up, that was just at the end of the song. That was just an outro that I had on there for some reason. Oh. Uh, and what <laughs> ended up on the record is pretty much that exact thing. And then Noah recorded like live drums over it. So, okay, yeah, it, it was always just a very short outro. I don't know if I had like, started that as the idea for thumbs up or something, or, or if it was just, you know, some extra thing that I thought of in the moment and was like, Oh, I should record this just to get it down or what. But yeah. Okay. is really fun. We've tried to play it live a few times and it's just never really <laughs> felt right. So oh, really? it may, it may be a thing that just lives on the record forever, which is, which is cool.
1: So the music has progressed a bit from those, that album to uh, Welcome to the Modern World, like Cancel Culture, for example. It definitely sounds like some of the earlier work, but it's different enough to, to hear a progression. <laughs> Like when bands are able to do that, you know, keep what made them unique in the first place, but progress because it doesn't always happen. But I hear it on Cancel Culture, um the title track. You know, tell me what you want, people pleaser, and I can hear them anchored in the older stuff, but definitely moving forward. So, is is the new music going to be similar to? Is is, is there going to be a complete a new change? Is it going to sound similar, different? And how are the new um, guys chipping into the sound?
0: I definitely think that there's a common thread between the different albums that Carver's put out, you know, even like, you know, one of the, the highest compliments that we can get is being compared in any way to the strokes. Cause that's like all of us, that's like one of our favorite bands. But oh, cool. um, even with like the, I I can really mostly speak to the what we've been working on over the past year. And it, to me, it still sounds like, you know, Carver, it still has that kind of garage rock vibe to it, but you know, it just depends on the season of influence. I think for a lot of us, like, you know, it seems like what we worked, we worked on this past year is obviously influenced by those garage rock bands, but then also majorly influenced by like sixties, you know, Beatles and pop from the sixties and stuff like that. So it's like, there's a common thread that I think we have as a band that we sound like Carver, whether it's a song like uh, a heavier song, like Good Idea. Whether it's, you know, a song like Stars and Galaxies, one's a little bit more pop, one's a little bit more rock and roll. But when you listen to it, it's like you can still sense the DNA that it's the same band, which I think is really cool. And something that I think comes directly from Peyton as a writer, too, is that, you know, it's kind of this undeniable fingerprint that that Peyton has specifically as a songwriter that there's this special commonality even between difference and inspiration. And fortunately, with what we worked on this past year, we all kind of knew where we wanted to land and what we were all being inspired by. And that just kind of informed how Peyton wrote and then also how we collaborated after the song's initial writing had begun. So, yeah, I I just think that we are just we have a sound that is something rooted in that Alabama soul and then something that's you know you know a bunch of boys from Alabama that you know got their hands on rock and roll albums from New York and and all over and were inspired by it but never forgot the grassroots of where we come from
1: oh i love that i'm was listening to the new ep just before we got on here and I was uh, looking at some, some of the videos and one of the other common threads is a Bama shirt, which I appreciate. So thank you guys
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: for the, for wearing a Bama shirt in two videos. I, I really oh, I yeah. appreciate that.
0: Got to represent. Did, <laughs> yeah, but, uh,
1: so, so that EP too much, is that music that was left over from the previous album or is that stuff that was being worked on for the new album?
2: Yeah, those were the leftovers for sure. Okay. Um, We recorded 17 songs in the sessions for Welcome to the Modern World. And I think They Don't Know, which is on the Too Much EP, may have been like the first completed song from those sessions. So yeah, so there was Same there, a Jeff lot of those songs were like yeah, Jeff Garland, the, um I mm-hmm. don't know something okay. We're all in like the first round of sessions, so yeah, they're very early on I, a part of that record.
1: I really like Jeff Garland, and it's actually not even his first mention in this podcast. So <laughs> that's funny, which is kind of weird. He uh, <laughs> I had a previous guest on uh, a lady named Beth Jeans Houghton from the UK and. She was, uh, I guess, in L.A. and her guitar got stolen and he liked her music. So he bought her a guitar.
4: Oh, wow. oh my gosh. Wow. What a guy. So, what a guy. I know.
1: <laughs>
0: so Our close so, story to that is when we were Garland, people started tagging him in the Instagram post and he commented on it and just said, <laughs> so. Oh, you, know.
1: you cut out what, the, what did he say? Yeah. You, you cut out just as you are going to say what he said.
0: Yeah, he commented on the post and just said, "I dig." And uh, so that's the <laughs> from Jeff Garland is just quote, "I dig." Jeff Garland. That is. Um, <laughs> he gave his, his blessing as far as we're concerned. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> well, he's gonna get tagged again in this because I tagged him in that other one, and he's gonna be like, "What the fuck is going on with this podcast?" <laughs>
3: <laughs> Blow that man. Blow. <laughs> Blow. But we kind of forget about this, but on the EP the last song devil may care we actually recorded separate from the rest too oh, um as a, an idea Peyton had at some point after everything was done like and what did we do that in
2: last early this year yeah uh, january, like january year? february yeah i think That's i wrote great. that song around this time last year or like maybe even in january of this year so it was a yeah. late edition for sure
5: Red, blue, and white Watching every little move Shining steady, burning bright He was a pretty good liar Pretty good at picking fights Never got cause all he done was
1: That's it, you know that kind of makes it, it does sound a little bit different from everything else on the album. So I, it that makes a lot of more sense to me now that you said that. So,
4: mm-hmm.
1: but what I I love the mix that you guys get of the heavy and the light. I mean, some of my favorite bands do that, like like placebo, mm-hmm. and also you Uh-oh. get these amazing mixtures of this heavy and and light music, and I, I, it draws cool. me in, and I love it. Thank you. So what's next for you guys? I know we're running short on time here. What, what's going to happen in 2023? We're in December at this point of 2022. What's the next year looking like for you?
2: Yeah. We're just going to put out more music, play more shows. That's our big plan. Um, we've got some cool stuff. I like it happening in January uh, that we're going to, that we're going to do for this next project. And yeah, we're just, we're excited to keep moving forward um, I'm sure I'll start writing more for, for another record and all that stuff and in the meantime. But yeah, yeah, that's the, that's the plan is just to keep doing our thing for sure.
1: Well, <laughs> I missed you guys when you came up to the pie shop in DC, unfortunately, I wasn't able to oh, to get man. there, but how was it? I've, I've only been there once and that's when I shot Monsoon and the band, the ritualists. So well, how, did, yeah. how did that's you guys how like how I
3: found you actually? Yeah. Cause we played with Monsoon before. And they are awesome. They're so good. And I guess I saw you maybe through something that they posted. And I was like, oh, this is cool. This guy likes great music and it's like reviewing stuff. (laughs) Dude, like that was a great show. And that's a super cool venue too. It's like a good size. There was only, you know, 30 or 40 people there, but it felt really full because of that. Because, you know, it's kind of intimate. It is. Tight. So narrow. Uh, yeah, it was
1: a blast. <laughs> I was, I was, uh, I was kind of curious when you there's you know there's five guys in the band like how, is it, how are they going to fit everybody on stage man that's a little man that's a, that's tight, a it's a miracle
4: it's a tight it's fit a miracle. For you guys. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we know. were used to running all over each other and hitting each other's headstocks and <laughs> I think was that the show that Peyton you hit David in the head with your headstock or was that another show? <laughs>
5: I think that. No.
0: It, I mean, it happens all the time, you know, but I'm sure it happens. We always end up like bumping into each other. Or What's what's really interesting too is that we all have like this chemistry on stage that like we'll narrowly miss each other to the point where people think that we've choreographed like yeah. <laughs> our playing. Like people think that like, oh, like do you and Peyton do that intentionally or do you and Clayton do that intentionally? They ask me that all the time and it's just – kind of this like chemistry that we all naturally have with each other that, you know, we narrowly miss each other, but sometimes there are moments where a headstock gets, somebody gets hit in the face, (laughs) but it goes on and it's just, just part of being in a band. Maybe it's the ghost of Carver Commodore protecting you guys.
4: That's That's right. mm, I think you're you're on to something there.
1: Hmm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well how can people follow the band uh follow social media websites and, and find out about new releases and shows and tours and stuff
0: yeah just- yeah or um I, at carver commodore on instagram we're on uh tick from time to time we're on for anybody that's, you know, like anywhere you can find us anywhere, obviously. And then the carver.com for tour information and merch and all that stuff. And, um, but yeah, just at Carver Commodore, that's the beauty of having such a unique name is that you get all of the, uh, all of the at Carver Commodores on every platform because it's also, <laughs> yeah. oh, uh, that's <laughs> some- having unique name for sure
1: that's yeah. true that's a good point well uh first of all thank you for joining me on this is good this has been so much fun and i've loved getting to know the music it's oh it's so good
2: thank you and i can't wait to come back to the us. area
1: awesome all right guys well um have a good evening and roll tide yeah right. roll tide, you too
4: Bye, man. Okay. See you, man see
3: you see you